Hello, and welcome to Head and Heart, a Keeper of the Lost Titties podcast. My name is Katie, and I'm here with my best friend and co-host, Frankie. Hey, everyone! <laughs> and it is a very exciting day, because guys, Stellar Luke came out! Woo! You say day, it's night for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> the things I do for this podcast, guys, I'm going to be recording until like 1, 2 in the morning. It's, oh my gosh. But I wanted to get this out for you, and this is when we could do it. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, we're going to cut this up into two different podcasts, because we already figured this is going to go really long, because we're talking about a whole book this time. So the first part of this, we're going to be talking about the relationships, the character dynamics, which ones we thought shined the most in this book. And then in the other episode, which will be released probably pretty close to this one, I would think, we are going to be talking about the plot points. Correct. So that is what we decided. We were considering uh, splitting it up via chapter, but we decided that to do it thematically. Yeah. Um, and with different, like, narrative focus, just because that seemed easier, to be honest, to kind of channel the discussion. Yeah, especially because most of the book, if we went chapter by chapter, like... The plot wasn't really there in this one for me, like, nearly as much, so... Yeah, this first episode is probably going to be the longer one. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so where do we want to get started? <laughs> well, I think there's one obvious place. <laughs> do we start with the obvious place? <laughs> <laughs> For us and listeners on the show, um... So, Keith, happened! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm gonna try and insert the little, like, air horn. So, Keith is killing! It wasn't how I was expecting it to happen. It was almost... Me neither. Underwhelming, you know what I mean? Like... A lot of people are saying that. It felt underwhelming i think because for me personally there's like two different parts to this for me personally first of all usually in books we get the whole book of sophie and keith interacting and so they play off their moments and then you just the chemistry is just there because you have a whole book of them playing off their moments whereas with this it was like keith had to be shoehorned in at the end and so their moments Mm. couldn't be as gradual So even though we had Sophie's feelings throughout the whole book and her figuring them out, which I think did feel even that felt a little bit like rushed in a couple ways here and there. I like we didn't get them together for a full book, which I think really made it feel a little bit underwhelming. And then the other thing that I saw people comment on that I agree with is there chemistry has always been so natural so comforting so close and because we I'm hoping it doesn't get awkward like I don't want it to be like her heart raced with butterflies every time she saw Keith because that was what made the Fitz thing feel so fake to me was like it was on a very like physical like oh butterflies and it's a crush whereas with Keith it has always felt so natural and comforting that I'm hoping in the next book, it starts to feel more like that again, just with them now dating. You know what I mean? Right, right. It got awkward for a little bit just because, you know, um, Sophie's like that. Yeah. <laughs> and Keith can't feel her emotions right now, which is really weird yeah, for him. I hope that gets fixed. 
oh my gosh, me too. Um, I really, and I hope that he lets Sophie use some of the power too. Yeah. yeah. It just, I, it's t- torture for him feeling numb and not knowing how to interact with people, which is the best part about Keith is knowing how to interact with people. And I just, literally, I don't want us to take half of the book, the next book, figuring out how to like do this with his powers. Like it's going to be the last book. I want everyone in top form, which I know might be unrealistic, but I don't care. <laughs> oh yeah. So spoilers, by the way. <laughs> I just realized we forgot to say that. I've been, I'm sorry. I just like choked on my drink and, um, okay. (laughs) I've been laughing. Okay. Um, surprise. I. I'm gonna okay. have to do so much editing tonight. Okay, um, we're moving I might through try it. I insert that earlier. Um, yeah, and I'll put it in the title and in the description. So if you're listening and you haven't read it, it's your fault. <laughs> we we just said they got I together, which I feel like everyone knows that. Everyone knows they were going to, so it's not that big of a spoiler if someone it did. It really anyways. isn't. What would you think? Did people, there's no way people went into this book still thinking she was going to be with Fitz. So, that's not oh, really a spoiler. Hell no. No. Hell no. And if you did, I would love your... I would love to have just a taste of your, like, hope. Just a taste of, like, your shipping hope. I could use it in some of my other ships. <laughs> oh my gosh. <sighs> oh my but yeah, gosh. what did and you we think? we talking about Mr. Fitz Backer because, oh <sighs> boy... But, but, surprise, surprise, he did not annoy us as much as some of the other characters this time around, so. No, he did not. We will get to that, but Katie, how did- someone in particular who was, like, slaughtered, and we were so upset about it. I was just annoyed. I couldn't even be upset about it, because I was just so annoyed. For reasons. Annoyed, but we'll get to that later. Katie, did you think it was like underwhelming? Did you think it was like a good amount? The Sokeef, like, feeling. So I agree. So here's the deal. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I see the criticisms and I understand where they're coming from. However, I really enjoyed it because I thought it felt very true to life, where these feelings kind of hit you like a freight train. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and. Sophie has this realization and just needs to get it out. And I thought the understated nature of it was very true to how easy their relationship is. Mm -hmm. Like, I always thought that when it happened, it wouldn't be a huge, big deal. I think they'll have their more sweeping romantic moments once they're already dating. Mm -hmm. So... I enjoyed it. It was in a cute little romantic place. Um, I was picturing the little grove that they go into and kiss the girl in the little burning. Yeah, that's what I... Exactly. <laughs> that was exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, but just on land, obviously. Not, you know, right. in a canoe. Um, or whatever they're in, in the movie. So... Yeah. Yeah, I personally... It was satisfactory to me. It wasn't quite what I anticipated. Mm-hmm. But I still really enjoyed what we got. 
Yeah, I I didn't need a big moment, I think. Um, I think some people did. I, I didn't need a big dramatic moment either. I think for me what was missing was just, and this is weird because there's been eight books of buildup, but like some of the buildup felt like it was missing for me in this book, um, this singular book, which is why I was kind of like, oh, that didn't hit as hard as I thought it would be. But I was still very excited about what was happening. I think it's like most things in this book just felt kind of build-up-y to me, you know, like weird in a way, just how it was the plot and the characters were written some of the time. So it just kind of threw it me off more, a little bit. It was more of a filler book like flashback to build up for the big finale, but yeah. it wasn't as bad as flashback. I honestly can't even compare them because it feels like they were s flashback was filler and was just a lot of time spent in a hospital ward whereas That's this why one I'm saying this is better yeah whereas this one was like but it was still weird like flashback where and it was like they were literally the whole time searching for clues like s like reading and going to orali and like all of that Whereas usually it's like sometimes searching for clues and then you have a battle or something else happens and they go on an adventure. Whereas I felt like this book was like 80% them searching for things and it felt so short. Can we just say that? Katie and I were yeah. both like, this felt like 400 pages. Like it felt like there were 300 pages we hadn't gotten to yet almost. Oh yeah. It is Wednesday night going into Thursday morning. We both After finished it yesterday. Out. And we both finished it yesterday, and I've read it through twice. Yeah. I have not had time to read it through twice. I applaud you. But also, Katie woke <laughs> up, literally, if you want to hear this, Katie stayed awake until midnight uh, in Europe. <laughs> and then, it didn't come out at midnight in Europe, and I was like, Katie... It's probably going to come out Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> what do you know? It came out Eastern and Standard I was Time. Like, crap. So she woke back up at five in the morning and read through. <laughs> so that's I'm crazy, dedication. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so that book legitimately felt like 400 pages, though. Like, I kept it did. getting. I kept looking at the bar because we were both reading it on Kindle. Uh, we didn't wait for him to come in, and I kept looking at the bar, and it'd be like, you have 30% of this book left, and I was like, how do I only have 30% of this book left? We haven't figured anything out yet, but that's plot stuff, but I just want to say, this book felt so quick, so quick. Yeah, for sure. Can I just say I love your nails right now? Oh, thank you. They're Beetlejuice. <sighs> I can see that. <laughs> Halloween. I know I can't stop if playing with them. If one of them was black, they look like non-binary nails. Oh yeah, that'd actually be really cool. <laughs> Which I I'll say that because a character just did that in the Owl House. Ah, oh. a non-binary character painted their nails the flag colors. So. Maybe I'll get bi colors next time. Purple, pink. Those would look cute. <laughs> Those would look cute. Anyways, Frankie has cute <laughs> nails right now. Yay! Um, <laughs> oh gosh, where do you want to go from here? Um, um, can we can talk about the characters that annoyed us since we already kind of touched on that a little bit? Or do you want to talk about Fitz a little bit? Yeah, Fitz. Fitz wasn't that 
I mean, he was still annoying in parts, but he wasn't as bad for me in this book as he has been. Like, he... I was fine with Fitz. Maybe it's because everyone else was irritating me so much, but I was fine with Fitz overall in this book. <laughs> oh, he didn't annoy me the most. He didn't disappoint me the most because I'm always annoyed with him. But I wasn't fine with him. I think it's just because I'm used to this from Fitz, so it wasn't new. So you, it was. It was just like, oh, he met my expectations, but he did a little better than my expectations. So that's why I was like, meh, whatever, whatever. I wasn't, I wasn't worried. That's a pretty low bar because he was kind of an asshole. <laughs> yeah, because, but like, again, it didn't hit as hard because I was just like, he's not a worry for me anymore. It's not like book five, book six, book seven, where I'm like worried about fits because now I know it's... I know what Fitz is. Sophie knows what Fitz is being like. She's not all stuck in her crush clouded head drama. So I mm. wasn't worried about it at all. So that made it so much easier to deal with. <laughs> He's not a threat to my ship anymore. Right. <laughs> and Keith's not around for him to be a jerk to. I know we've established this before, but they're not best friends. They are not best no. friends. No! I just posted that on Tumblr. I was like... <laughs> It's, they're just, they've had too many, they've been on opposite sides of too many issues, they've fought over too many things at this point, and you can be friends with someone and have different thought processes, obviously, but to the point that their fights have gone to and their miscommunications have gone to, Fitz and Keith are not best friends. They're not best friends anymore. This There's been a wedge put there, and it's not going away. Absolutely, and... When I posted that on Tumblr, the comment that I got immediately was someone saying, no, they haven't been since Lodestar, and that is entirely accurate. That's what yeah. we've been saying. Mm-hmm. Fitz and Keith's friendship never recovered from Keith's, in quotations, betrayal. It's the stupidest. It's, uh It's so stupid. It's... <sighs> whatever. But, yeah, Fitz was kind of being a brat to Sophie, but that's nothing new either. He was being a brat to her. I did but appreciate, at least- however, and I did post <laughs> not Fitz being a repressing angry gay boy in the cafeteria, um, because that's low-key what was happening. <laughs> however, I- and you can fight us on that. You can fight you- us. No, you can tag us. I, he screams repressed gay to me he he screams it to me if it, it just fits with his whole character if you guys don't agree that's fine this is a headcanon obviously we don't know any of their sexualities so but <laughs> he just screams it to me <laughs> he really does and also it's the fact that like i don't know his outburst just really like I said, it's repressing Green Gay Boy. I don't know how else to say it. It's because I do. I know how to say it. It's because he has to... He's marrying for his family. Everything he's ever done is for the Vacker legacy. He has to be perfect. He has to do this, do that, do this. He has to check off a bunch of boxes on a list, which is why the matchmaking thing with Sophie was so horrible. So he is a repressed little gay boy because he can never <laughs> he can never be gay and he doesn't realize it. He's repressed it way down. So there you go. There are the connected dots, Katie. I've connected them. <laughs> Very well said. Very well said. Uh, 
I also love when we were reading. I did appreciate though when he was like, "Stop trying to make Sissy happen. It's never going to happen." <laughs> I I know, and Sophie's just like, "This was one time I agreed with Fitz over Sophie because Sophie goes, ouch," and I was like, "Sophie, you literally broke up with him. He's allowed to say that. <laughs> He's allowed to tell people you guys are never going to happen." But uh, it really is, and now to listen to the whole cafeteria. I like, know. What was the joke I made? Oh, I made a joke about Fitz realizing something with Dex. I sent in my text. I'm gonna have to find it at some point. But um, okay. I love how you and I, everything we've discussed on this podcast about how Fitz sees Sophie up on a pedestal about how Sophie and Keep interact better, about how they're more natural, about how they love more natural. Sophie unpacked all of it in this book. Every single thing we've said on this podcast was addressed. I felt so vindicated. I was like, we read all the right clues. We read them all and we read them right. I was so vindicated. We were saying that in our text, like, holy crap, this book is so validating to everything we said on the show. Yes, especially when she, they were starting the Inquisition, the Cognate Inquisition, which I have something to say about that, but, uh, anyway, oh and, and she sees herself in Fitz's view, and she's like, why is it so perfect? Why is it like a fake perfection? Something about this is off, and I was just like, yes, yes! <laughs> and then she immediately out. points out. In Keith's view, in his drawing, how beautifully imperfect it is and how it feels like her. Yes! Ugh. And it's like, there's the difference. Because she doesn't have to be perfect. We also got the whole head and heart thing really drilled into us this book. Yep. Yeah, I love that, I love that moment when Dex is thinking, he's like, huh, so that probably means he's being best friends and he's like, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> I loved all the hints around that, and Sophie just, because Sophie's realized it now, but she doesn't need people pointing it out to her, so every time someone no. brought anything up, anytime anyone brought anything up about her and Keith, she just immediately was like, shut up. <laughs> I, I feel that. I feel that. As someone who doesn't like talking about romantic feelings or crushes, that would be my reaction. I'd be like, I'm not talking to you about this. Can we address once more how much Sophie just does not want to be cognates? Um, yes. You can rinse on that one. She doesn't want... She doesn't. She doesn't want to be cognates. Can she be more painstakingly obvious about this? This was happening before she ever got with Fitz. Before she ever got with Fitz romantically, she didn't like it. So, and now that she's been with Fitz and they're going through this inquisition and Kiergan's telling them what this means and that it's basically a marriage and that they have to tell each other everything. She's, she almost outright says, we're not doing this. I don't want this for my, the rest of my life. And then she gets talked back into it for the greater good. And I feel so bad for her because this girl should not have to share her mind with someone for the rest of her life just for the greater good. I know it makes them that much more powerful, but oh my god, I would hate it. And she hates it. She hates it. Just read the chapter. It's everywhere. She's not wanting to go to school because of her sessions with Fitz. She is so dreading this. To the point where it's like almost downright abusive, the fact that she's being forced into it. 
And I don't blame Fitz. I don't blame Fitz for the like this being abusive. I'm more so against Tiergen right now in that because Fitz is also student. He's also young. He's just doing what Tiergen is telling him in this point. But Tiergen yeah. like pushing this, like she obviously doesn't want it. How can no one else see that she doesn't want to do this? The thing is. Sophie's done everything short of voicing it outright. She has expressed her discomfort. Yeah, she has. Like, multiple times. <laughs> well, she has, though. She has she did. not want to be cognate. This book. This book, she said it. <laughs> so, who are we kidding? There's no excuse. No, I know, and they talk her back into it with... This will make you more powerful. Why does I know she's battling the whole world, which people simultaneously forget and then also shove in her face at the same time. But, like, the girl doesn't need more pressure. If she doesn't want to be in a lifelong marriage pact, basically, with her ex-boyfriend who can read her mind any given time, then don't make her be in a marriage pact with her ex-boyfriend. Like... (laughs) Which the is basically what this is. It's just, and here's exactly like it's just a little thing that they have to work through, and blah blah blah. And it's like, no, she is allowed to lay down that boundary. Yeah, and can we compare it with how she feels about Keith being able to read her emotions? She's almost upset when she realizes Keith can't read her. Besides the fact that she's kind of relieved because she's like, okay, he doesn't know I like him yet. Great. But besides that, like, she's like, she's, she, she trusts Keith so much more with her heart than she trusts Fitz with her mind. And I get that's a different thing. And Sophie's more protective over her mind. I would, I am too. But like, there's such a big difference. She's not terrified of Keith reading her emotions. She's almost misses it when he can't do it. She does almost miss it. Cause they're, interactions are awkward after it because they don't know how to a huge part of Sophie and Keith's relationship I've always felt is because he can read her emotions so clearly she doesn't have to hide anything from him and so he's Mm -hmm. always been able to be there for her from an emotional standpoint and so without that it, do- it creates awkwardness because Sophie's not used to taking the first step in those situations. It's Keith usually. And now he doesn't know how to do that. So it is something she misses. I absolutely agree. It gets like, it doesn't get, in the- oh, how do I word this? They don't let it get in the way of their relationship. Yeah. But it creates a weird tension where it's something new to adjust to. That's right. how critical it was to the foundation of their relationship once that's taken away yeah their natural chemistry like i've said a couple times now i really think stems from the comfort that comes from keith being able being able to read her emotions uh it comes from that so when you take that away i think that's why it is a little less it feels a little more like butterflies like i was saying than comfort like that's what their relationship is. It's comfort and it's chemistry, just natural. And without Keith being able to read that, they have to find other ways to be. And I think they did it well and it'll take some work. But God, do I hope Keith gets his abilities back soon. So do I. And here's the thing, right? Here's why it didn't bother me, the whole butterflies thing. 
because A, that's in character for Sophie when she realizes she has a crush. Mm-hmm. But also, B, the difference is it has a foundation to it of a solid, healthy relationship. This mm-hmm. time, a deeper relationship. It's not just a crush. Yeah. It's genuine feelings. Right. That that's being placed on top of until they talk it out. So, to me, that's the critical difference there. Yeah, I agree with that. I I just don't, I think my worry is that I don't want it to be all butterflies. I want them to eventually be able to shift back into their natural, like, comfort with each other, if you know what I mean. Oh, no, even at the end, it's not all butterflies already. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They're back to teasing. They're back to being on the same page and everything. Like, the funniest it's a small thing, glimpse. But the funniest thing is, um, you pointed this out. Well, you pointed out a different topic of this, but kind of similar. You were like, Sophie's worried about how she's going to tell Grady. They already know. You're like, <laughs> Sophie, they already know. Whereas how I think this is funny is like, she and Keith have been holding hands, hugging, putting arms around each other's shoulders for seven books now. So, like, if they just didn't sit, tell anyone and they just they were just holding hands, no one would put the pieces together. No one. Because they, they, they've been doing that for books. So if Keith just slings an arm around her shoulder in a romantic way, no one's going to know the difference. It's the funniest thing. It's like, it is it's like funny. that. It's like that meme when people are like, you're dating? And they're like, we've been dating for two months. How did you not know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my Uh, goodness. But I do want that Grady conversation. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think everyone wants that Grady conversation. (laughs) Especially now that Keith and Grady are having one-on-one sessions. Yeah. That's going to be a gold mine. Oh my god, it's so great. And I love Grady and Keith's relationship to talk about their dynamic. They're, I love their dynamic. I just love how it's grown and that Grady doesn't just see him as that boy, which you see subtly throughout the last couple books. Grady feels for Keith. He cares about Keith. He knows what Keith is going through. And I love that he's there to help him through this. He, Loki, before he even starts dating Sophie, sees them as parents. Better them than Alden, who we didn't even see in this book, and I was so happy about that. Oh <laughs> my gosh, yes. There are already so many other people annoying me if Alden has shown up. Some of his oh. toxic qualities come through Fitz. His yeah. essence was there through Fitz. But Fitz apologized. I am happy that Fitz, like, really delve deep into what he'd done to Sophie and was like, I've been a brat. I know I've been a brat. But yeah, he delved deep into all of that and he knows what he's done to Sophie in the past. And even though he was really hurt, and I did did feel a little bad for Fitz, because it's not Fitz's fault that he doesn't realize that he's an emo repressed gay boy. It's not his fault (laughs) that he doesn't... No, but to be serious, it's not his fault he doesn't realize his feelings for Sophie are kind of fake. So, like, I did feel a bit bad when he realized, oh, I still like, I put like in air quotes, I still like this girl, and she went and kissed, like, Keith, who I've known for a really long time. I did feel a bit bad for him, but he didn't lash out. So I just, I I felt okay. (laughs) I felt okay with Fitz by the end of the book. Like, he apologized, 
He really did seem to realize that he'd been hurtful in the past, and he didn't lash out at her about the Keith thing. So, I'm okay with Fitz's character, this book, overall. I was mad at him because of one comment he made when he said even after he ran off and left everybody, that pissed me off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's so a short-sightedness. I was mad at him. I'm, but I'm much meaner to Fitz than you are. <laughs> I was mad at him until the end. I was irritated. Okay, can we, we're just gonna say it. I'm just gonna say it. The two that irritated me the most this book, well, three actually, Stina, but who's surprised, Fitz, until the end, he really irritated me until the last, like, hundred pages, and then, surprise of a lifetime, Lynn. Yes. Lynn. Biggest disappointment of the book. I get that she's upset about some things, but my god, was she going about it all the wrong way. It was driving me Oh my gosh, she was so out of character. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's not how you talk to your brother. Especially the comment about how they, she keeps implying they brainwashed Tam, and it's like, even if they had, you think this is the way to go about it by continuously pointing this out to him? That doesn't help anything. Your brother is the most stubborn person in the world. If anything, that's gonna, like, put him against you. Like, what do you think you're doing here? him in his views even more. And you know who I loved, as opposed to Lynn? Glimmer. I'm the number one Glimmer stand. Oh my gosh. Glimmer was fantastic. I agreed with 100% of the things she said. Like, I don't think she made a single point that I wasn't like, yup. Yeah. Oh, those suck. But yeah, Glimmer's points about how it's easy for them to say that they joined the Black Swan and not the Never Seen. How it's easy for them to say, I would never do horrible things. How it's easy for them to say that, like, they have better ways to topple this system. And she's using her own life to show them you don't know what it could be like to be on the other side of that coin and have to choose the never seen and that's such a good point that's what we've been saying the never seen make good good. points it is such a valid point she didn't have the option she didn't have the freedom for anything else right and now they're trying to condemn her for it where's your and ironically keith isn't there where's your empathy It's such a, I don't even know the right word here. I'm going to use classist just because it's like the closest I can come. Privileged. Privileged. That's what I'm looking for. It's such a privileged view. It's such a privileged view for everyone to be like. Why the hell is Lynn spouting this when she has her upbringing that she had? Lynn, and Lynn had her brother. She, if, even if Lynn would argue, well, I would have known better. Lynn, you had your brother, at least, who can read people's shadow vapor and be like, maybe let's not join the guys in the black cloaks. She, Glimmer had no one. Like. Oh my gosh. And the fact that it was her parents' tribunal that we see in the first book. That was a good that callback. Actually, that was a great callback. And it actually broke my heart. Uh, the matchmaking system is so unfair, as we've said before, and she's calling it out. She's calling the system out, and I just, everything Glimmer said, she, she rocketed to the top of my character's list, this book. Like, same flew, flew. She beat out so many people just because so many others were just either not there enough, like Maruka, Morella, 
Biana was nowhere to be found in this book. Or they annoyed oh me. Gosh. Like, she Lynn had and a few. She had a few cute moments with Dex, and that's it. That's it. Dex, Frankly, however, Dex shines. Dex was, Dex was great. Dex was, like, the best character in this book. Dex was, like, the best character in this book. Like, he was almost number one for me, I think. He was, he, it was like the older books, when we had a lot of Dex and he was great. We had so much Dex and he was great. In many ways, this felt like a callback to book one, some of it, tonally. And then yeah. which characters were highlighted. Yeah, it did. Or and at least in I, the way... Characters yeah, especially were highlighted. when it comes to Dex. Even the little things like the tribunal. But yeah, all these little throwbacks and everything. And that's part of why this book didn't bother me as much as I think it did some other people. Because even though it was more filler, I'm one of those people. I can appreciate a good filler book if it's fulfilling in different ways. And to me, this yeah. was unlike Flashback, which was just filler and nothing happening, this had some great, besides Lynn, this had some great character work. It had, you know, stuff going on still the whole time. Yeah, I agree with that. It, uh, it was still, it's still, what I did have some issues with it, but I'm not, I didn't hate it. Like, I think a lot of people, like, really disliked it. I still thought it was really enjoyable. It's just not going to be in my top, like, five of the series. But it was still really no. enjoyable. And I thought that the the characters that Sophie did interact with the most, like Dex, Edeline, I loved her interactions with Edeline, her interaction, Edeline's interactions with Keith. Like, the character interactions that were throughout most of the book were still enough for me. My favorites were probably Tam and Sophie and Tam, Dex, and Sophie. There were great interactions there. Tam and Keith, Edeline and Keith, all of Dex, all of Glimmer. Like, those are just great. They shined in this book, in my opinion. This book shone quietly through select characters. Yeah. And Orlai. Yeah. And also, um... The fact that it was Dex who got to see what was in the cache with Sophie was a fantastic choice. Yeah. Fantastic choice. It felt like, because Dex is who she really started this adventure with. I know Fitz is the one who found her. But when you get into it, book one, Dex was there for her way more than anyone else. And that's Mm -hmm. what it felt like in this book when she lost Fitz because of the awkwardness and him being a brat. When she didn't have Keith to rely on, she relied on Dex. And that was yes. so heartwarming to see. Even Ro full out says it. She's like, <laughs> Ro was. A, I forgot to mention Ro at all. Ro was amazing in this book. Everything Ro was I wanted- so intense, insensible, insightful, <laughs> and so. <laughs> Oh Everything my gosh, I wanted. I can't from talk, Ro. guys. Ro was so insightful this book and had so many good things to say to Sophie. She Ro really. Was- Everything. Yes. She's everything I wanted. She's the one who, I mean, unironically, she's the one who coined this term. She's the one who ended the great foster oblivion. 
yes. the sense of the entire, almost this existential crisis. Like, yeah, <laughs> honestly. I'm just imagining this poor girl, like, sitting at the end of her bed, staring at the wall at the doorway, as it's described in the book, freaking out, panicking. Yeah. <laughs> but she even more. she has giant realization. <laughs> but she works through it, and it's for the better for her to work through those feelings. And even more than that with Ro, like... Ro, I think a lot of people's biggest issue with Ro was that she became just the Sokeef, like, shipper in the books, which I even yeah. saw, too. Like, she was starting to yeah. feel less like a character and more like just the fandom's push for Sokeef. But in this book, Ro felt like her own character again. She just, not even with any of the Sokeef stuff, just, like, her lines, her opinions, how she cares about the goblin politics in her snipes with Sandor, it just all hit harder, this book. She felt like such mm. a better character, this book, than she has the last couple. Grady and Edeline, we didn't get to see a lot of them, but they showed, especially Grady. I thought especially Edeline shown in this book. Yeah, no, I meant we especially didn't get to see Grady. Oh, yeah. We wanted Grady to kill here. someone. Yeah, we do. <laughs> And that didn't happen. And we were both very it disappointed. <laughs> Guys, we I, thought someone was, was going to die. It was on my bingo card. God damn it. It was on the bingo card. <laughs> also on our bingo card, we thought that either Lynn or um, Juline were going to die. This book, Juline is Dex's mom for anyone who doesn't remember that. We were like calling this that they were going to die, one of them. No one died. Absolutely no one no. died. No, wait. Vesper died. Um... No one we care about died. <laughs> yeah. No good guys died. Vesper was a cool villain. I'm kind of sad to see her go. All the villains are so cool. Finton cracks me up. Finton and Morella and his, like, his, like, infatuation with these flowers cracked me up the whole book. Gardener Finton? That's what everyone was saying? Yeah. <laughs> On Tumblr, Gardener Finton? <laughs> They cr all the villains are great in the series, and Fintan and Morella's oh. like snide like relationship cracks me up. I also love that. Um, oh, who pointed it out? That um, I think Jensi pointed it out that how good Morella is at getting people to talk and share yes. things. She's the best person who could have possibly been paired up with a villain, been paired up with Fintan, and it's oh. working out so much to their favor. That girl she's devious. Has a gift. She's, she's so devious, devious in a good way. It's yes. great. And since you brought Jensi up, oh my god, I miss baby boy Jensi. Let's go back to book one. I need him to protect at him. The table with the crew. I still think his brother, who's a phaser, is the phaser in the Black Swan that we've never known the identity of. I still think that's Jensi's brother. I've been calling that for a while now. Oh, I'm sure it's going to be revealed in the last book. I'm right with you there. Yeah, but uh, it was so good to have Jensi back. It was so good to see more of Morella, too. We didn't really get a lot of Maruka or Wiley in this book, but... I would like to see, given the situation with Dex's family right now, Jensi and Dex form a friendship. Yeah. And Jensi be there to support Dex or for Dex to go and ask questions to... While he's dealing with his sibling being talentless. Do we like, think Gen Z will stay talentless? I, don't, I think he might. 
I think you might too, because it'll be another nail in the coffin for like why this system is so bad. Which and I these think kids- it'll open the door to that relationship with Dex that I'm talking about. I think that is a beautiful relationship that could come of this, and I hope it's explored in book 10. I think, yeah, we just got so many good little matchups, I guess. Not big moments, but, like, Tam and Keith having that moment where, like, they're not snarking at each other. He's just saying thank you, and they're accepting it, and it felt natural. That was great. Tam and Keith, best friends. But also Dex and Keith, best friends. They've helped each other so much these past couple of books. Like, they just care about each other genuinely. Best friends. I don't care. Morella and Dex are really good friends. They're the type of friends that have known each other forever, so when they don't talk a lot, it's okay. But we see them being friends throughout the series, and in this book, you can just tell they're the friends that have been there for each other for a lot, but don't necessarily broadcast it. Like, Dex doesn't hang out with Morella all the time, like he does Sophie, but they're still friends, and you that gets across in the writing. Or the bitch yeah. squad, as if I've, I've dub- dubbed them. <laughs> the B-I-G-C-H squad. Biana Index. Low-key yeah. dating. <laughs> like, the way they... Oh my god, they were actually... What, a few glimpses of them we got in this book were so cute. They were really cute. Really subtle, but really cute. Very subtle, but very cute. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. And... I wouldn't be surprised if when Sokeef announces, honestly, to the group that they're a thing, that Dexiana is Loki like, we have some news too, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think Dex is going to be over the moon with Sokeef, which is weird, but like, he's going to be the best friend that just jokes with Sophie all the time about it, like, how's Keith oh. doing? And she's going to be like, shut up, because we already saw that this book. It's yeah. going to be amazing. Uh, Tam, can we he's go also, back to the- Dex can still be a little petty, and he's just gonna be glad that she didn't go with Spence. <laughs> now that we're on the relationship side of things, uh, we've kind of delved into that. Mar- I don't think Tam and Rainy are- so, Glimmer. Yes. Rainy, Glimmer, blah blah blah. I don't think Tam and Rainy are going to end up together. I've seen a lot of people no, say that. I think Morella I- and Tam- Morella and Tam, and I will I will die on this hill, okay? I know a lot of people ship Morella and Lynn. I don't care about Morella and Lynn like that, especially after this last book, when Lynn just yeah. went off and did all of that stupid Yeah, and Morella shit. was low-key great. Like, Lynn doesn't deserve her anymore. Morella was great. Morella was standout in this book for me, too. Lynn just needs to change the attitude. I don't... I, I just, it was a 180 attitude, and I didn't like it, and maybe it's because she's been hanging out with Stina and Maruka no, all the time. The thing. I thought, I was thinking that it was going to be because she was going to kick the bucket, and Sh- Shannon was manufacturing this conflict to have tension I was between too. them before she died. And then it didn't happen, and I just wanted to. So I'm like, what's the point? Are we gonna marinate on it more than it's gonna happen in book ten? Right. I just wanted a death because I just wanted the stakes to be set up, and then I guess we got that with Vespera at the end. But like, still, I thought a main character was going to die, and then a main character did not die, and I was kind of surprised by that. But yeah, it's a second to last book convention. 
Yeah, Ex- right, exactly. It, it just is weird it didn't happen. But yeah, going back to the Tam Rainey thing, they feel like such platonic friends to me. That like oh, same. The, the only same. girl in the series that hasn't felt platonic with Tam to me, actually, Biana. Biana a little bit felt kind of flirty with Tam, and I like that. But besides that, Morella. Morella and Tam are the Morella's only ones that don't feel. One. Yeah, the biggest one that just net has felt flirty with Tam. She's the biggest one that I'm like, oh, I see it. I can but see it. She was it. like, seriously, Shades are the coolest. And he blushed like, oh. And they're just, they just get each other. And I don't, I, Morella and Lynn can be best friends and I'm fine with that. But I don't see them in a relationship and I like Morella with Tam. Yeah, so do <laughs> I. Mostly because I, I also like Fitzlynn. And frankly, after I, this book, I think they deserve each other. We disagree on this because they both annoy me in very different ways, and so they and they still don't feel compatible to me for some reason. I don't know; they're just not my main thing. But <laughs> they're one of my mains after Dexiana, but not so much yeah. after this book. But up to this point, they were. We didn't get a lot of focus on any other pairings besides Sokeef, like romantic pairings. Usually there's more hints of them throughout the books. This one, mm. the main ones we had was Dexiana, and even that was only like side moments, really. That- there were like two or three side moments. But other than <laughs> that, we didn't get any Fitzlin. We didn't get any um, Tamarella, really. We didn't get any... Stina and Morella or Stina and Maruka really we didn't get any Dex and Fitz I just wanted a Dex Fitz moment I don't care that they're not gonna ever end up together I just wanted a moment and I didn't even get a moment I just wanted a breadcrumb okay (laughs) you know what we should do we should do a whole episode talking about our queer headcanons for KOTLC (laughs) Oh, we have so many. Kerrigan and Prentice are dating, and I don't care. This book, it proved... No, no, no. This proved it. There's a... There are a couple lines in this book. I sent them to you, Katie. Oh, and when he says that it's like a marriage and that he wished he had been cognates. One? That's number one? Is that one? And then, hold on. I have the other one that I sent to you. I'm finding it right now. It will not take me very long. It's when they're talking about, they're showing the memory of Sira, and they make sure to include Tyrion, and they all end up in a group hug. Here it is. Okay. She shared the projection with Prentice next, and he clung to his son and wept. Tyrion held them both when it was his turn, and Sophie wished she could give them more time. They deserve to hold Sira's message between the three of them. All three of them holding this message. Him holding both of them up. It's just, it speaks of like uh, two fathers and their son mourning Sira. Like, it's just, the gay coding in this is insane. And then add Sira into it and there's no way Tyrion, Sira, and uh, Prentice were not in a polyamorous relationship. I literally don't oh, care no. what anyone... I don't care what anyone says about this at this point. They were all together. And if and they weren't to all understand, together... I ship this, and I do not typically ship poly stuff. It's just the, not typically for me. Right. But this is so but evidently this. poly. This is so evidently poly. And if it weren't poly... Wiley obviously has other family with Maruka. He has a bunch of other relatives. So why in the world, when his mother and father died, allegedly, did Wiley go to live with their best bud, Tyrion? 
No, he went to live with their other spouse, Tiergan. I can't. No, 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 no. There's too many things here. Sorry, that was a rant, but I had to. No, you're so right, and I knew it was going to come up. <laughs> I knew it was going to come up. We talked well, extensively but- about this. Yeah, we have. Uh, let's think of who... Let's both say our top three favorite characters in this book, besides Sophie, because I think Sophie was great in this book, and she'd be in our top three anyway. So let's say our top three favorite characters in this book overall, and then maybe the ones we wish had gotten more time. Out of the kids, Keith, Dex, and honestly, Morella. Yeah. Dex, I really definitely. like him as well. I really liked him as well, but we just didn't get enough of him. Yeah. I think, honestly, Dex, Roe, and Glimmer. Like, Glimmer shot to the top of my list. Morella shot to the top of my there. list as fuck. Morella was already kind of at the top of my list, and I, and I was conflicted over picking her or Glimmer. But Glimmer did just a bit more to me. Glimmer did just a bit more to me to, sh- to be more prevalent. She was incredibly effectively utilized. Yeah. And then characters I wish I could have seen more of, Biana. Biana, yeah. Keith, Grady. <laughs> yes. Agreed. And Forkle. There wasn't enough Forkle in this book to me. I love no, Forkle. There so wasn't. There, for all the information we were getting, Forkle was nowhere to be found, and I was very upset by this as a Forkle lover. Yeah, I'm absolutely with you. He felt, he didn't feel off, it just, it felt like he walked in for a second. I guess he was busy being principal. <laughs> yeah, Magnate Leto. But, like, yeah, yeah, it did. He, like, walked in for one second and then left, and then we, like, didn't see him much at all. And then as it for, didn't feel like the Black Swan played any role in this book. We didn't see any of the Black Swan members except Forkel and Tyrion. And it wasn't even in the yeah. Black Swan role. Like they weren't in their roles no. really. It was No. That's why this book felt weird. This book felt a little That weird. is why it, just, it felt a little off. It just overall felt weird. The pacing felt a little weird. Like the character didn't character dynamics outside of the ones that we really liked they felt weird lynn was the curveball i didn't see coming uh, <laughs> yeah very disappointing as a lynn stan as a girl who you know loves lynn and identifies with her so disappointing i sent katie a message because Okay, Katie likes spoilers. She'll go out of her way to find them. I avoid them like the plague. So <laughs> the way Katie I wouldn't get right to chapter forty-two when she, I found out. <laughs> she skipped when these books downloaded on our Kindles. I started reading from the beginning because I didn't want to be spoiled. This girl went to chapter forty-two and then read all that. So I was a little bit ahead of her, and I was just texting her when the whole Lynn thing started. I was just like. Katie, you're not going to like this, but Lynn is annoying the hell out of me right now. And she's like, oh, no. And I was just like, yep. And then it was like 20 minutes later, and Katie goes, oh, no. <laughs> she's really <laughs> irritating me. Mind you, this is 5 a.m. or like 6, 7 a.m. at this point. The sun is coming up. I'm reading through the dawn, and I'm yep. just texting Frankie, like... <laughs> It was 2.30. I had work at, like, 
nine the next day I had a meeting and I was like oh no it's a good thing I've been an insomniac for my entire life or else I wouldn't be able to do stuff like this <laughs> I have not I need my sleep and I am it is 12 30 right now guys <laughs> <laughs> we oh we've been trying to get episodes out and this is what end up ends up happening with the time zone issues yeah it's so hard I'll be back home soon don't worry and then you need to come visit me because I haven't seen you in person in two years. It has been a long time. It's there will always be something that happens. The last time I was planning to go visit Katie, guys, my car broke down. Not even kidding you. My car broke down like five days before I was supposed to go see her. And I was just like, you have got to be kidding me right now. The universe <laughs> hates us. Yeah, obviously. But... Overall, I did really like the Sophie Keefe kiss. I did like, I did like yes. how that was explained. And then she yes. went to go kiss him again. Like she went to go give him like another reassuring like peck. And then they got walked in on. And I was like, oh, the trope, <laughs> the trope happened. Okay. I love uh, that and how sweet and tender it was and how soft it was and how she was just like, and then everything changed. Everything was new. And I'm like, it made me excited for my first kiss, to be honest. Like, if I'm being completely blunt here, like, it made yeah. me, like, and the difference between that and Dex <laughs> was so, oh. Uh. <laughs> Fitz being like, we never even kissed. I was like, yeah, you snooze, you lose, buddy. <laughs> you lost me, buddy. Oh, my gosh. I have to show you. I have to read out my posts where... Hang on a second. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I said, he lost her. Deal with it. And um, I said, Nafis being an angry and repressed gay boy in the cafeteria. And I said, hashtag boy, she doesn't want you. Hashtag, and you don't even like girls. Hashtag, <laughs> you don't even it. like girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Hashtag intense combat if I ever saw it. Like, it is. Mako and Fitz, they could shake hands on it. And I know that's they another could. one of your posts. But yeah, they could shake hands on it. But yeah, I loved um I love how usually in books, unless it's YA, in middle school, middle grade books, like the characters, yeah, they'll kiss in like the penultimate book, but they don't actually get together until the end book, which means you don't get to see them actually be a couple. And this time I'm so excited we're going to get to see them be an actual couple in the final yes. book. Yes. We what so rarely get scene? that. This isn't going to happen because we're in the middle of a battle right now where we yeah. left off. But what if after that, the next scene is just like the talk? <laughs> yeah. Also, I love how Keith knows her so well because when Sophie is going to sneak out, it's like that old bit. It's like Sokka and Zuko knowing Sokka knowing Zuko Zuko knowing Sokka sneaking out. Like Keith's just like, where are you going? I'm going with you. <laughs> You're not going to face off against her alone. I'm going with you. So I oh know what's gosh. going on. Uh yeah. And Isn't then I also love like Normally, I would say, oh, we already got a lot of Sophie and Keith this book. Let's, let's mix it up. But I'm glad she got paired with Keith at the end because it got it allowed us to get a glimpse of them interacting as a couple, being mm -hmm. a little teasing, being a little flirty and everything. And it was so cute. Yeah, it was. Uh, 
everyone. I can't wait to see everyone's reactions. Most people aren't there what yet. Do you like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, for the first week or so, this doesn't get a lot of listens because spoilers, and then it blows up. I was talking about the reactions at- of the characters. Oh, I was talking about <laughs> readers' reactions. Oh, no, um, but yes. Um, yes, I get what you're t- saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that, too... Um, I can't wait to see the character reactions. Dex is gonna be like, "Yes, finally." Um, so is Ro. Um, Ro's gonna be Ro's gonna throw a party. Oh my god, she's gonna throw a party. She's like, "I have a prediction." When's the wedding? (laughs) I have a prediction about the Ro thing. Ro is gonna come help save their butts somehow on that island with them facing off against Gizla. Because Sophie did the thing on her wrist! And there's mm. blue stuff on it, and Ro knows, and she can track her with the blue stuff. So, like, I think Ro's gonna have to come in clutch here at some point and help them get out of this situation. That would be so, epic if she just has a badass entrance. Yeah, just crushes Gizla with her ogre foot be amazing oh my gosh gisella <laughs> uh, i i can't help it i say gisela because i watched the last kingdom and that's how they pronounce one of the names and it's spelt exactly the same way oh. it's an old it's an old pagan uh, i think a norse pagan way of saying it so i can't help it is is the sense and family on gisella's side supposed to be like scandinavian they are blonde well then maybe and if so then it should be pronounced gisela i'm pretty sure Oh, I never thought but, of well, that, but I could see him being, like, Swedish or something. Like my I grandpa. <laughs> but yeah, that's why I say my Gisla, grandpa, guys. He, he's tall and has blonde curly hair like Keith. So, there you go. Aww, <laughs> cute. Oh. And he's a Swede, so. Uh. Okay, can we talk about, before we end this, can we talk about Edeline just being there for Keith? Oh just- my gosh. I would cry. Keith even says, oh, this is what a mom is supposed to sound like. She like, does it twice, reassuring him. The first time with his voice, oh, is it too much for you to talk right now? That's okay. She's the first one to remind him of that. And then later on, too, when she's like, oh, is it going to be too much if you're around too many people with your emotions? It's totally okay. And it's like she's the first one to realize that. Like, ah, oh, come and clutch, Edeline. I loved her in this book. Yeah, and I... I mostly just wanted to see more of Grady, but it reminded me of book five when Edeline was really allowed to shine. Yeah. More than Grady. And then Grady got a big chance to shine in book six. So, like, he was really Grady could kill someone next book. Oh, my gosh. Yes, he could. Bring back more Grady, please. (laughs) With the mesmerizing, mesmering, whatever you call it. Yeah. I think it's mesmering. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I am so excited to see Ugh. some death in this series. I want Grady and Della to team up and it'd be like back to back, you know, like an action movie type stance. Grady and Della back to back. Della just cutting people up and Grady like forcing people to jump off cliffs. I just, I don't care that this is a PG 13 type series. I want to see <laughs> them kill people. Neither. It's PG, it's middle grade. <laughs> Right, fine. Well, actually, I in still terms of the, in terms of the violence, it has gotten more PG thirteen. Yeah, definitely. But <laughs> but in terms of everything else, yeah. But our point is, we want Grady to throw someone off a cliff. 
Hell yes. Yeah. But yeah, Edeline was absolutely fantastic, this book. She, with Sophie, too, teasing Sophie and being there and not pressuring her, but still letting her know she was there. Perfection. And then, okay, something we haven't talked about. Orlai and Kenrick's relationship, and he's dead, and I'm heartbroken. Oh, my God. <laughs> they were so, so much cute. And- to like about that. That just, like, <sighs> brought hurt. me back to the pain of book three. And Kenrick was such a good character. Watching him through the, his cash, he was such a good character. I'm so sad we don't have him. Yeah, Kenrick is like the... He's the first main death of the series. He's like yeah. the Cedric Diggory of... Yeah. You know, and... <laughs> it's just seeing all that brought to light now, it's just a really effective way to reignite that pain. It was, I felt, I was just like, oh, I miss him. Because he was such a, we saw a different light of him. We saw Slytherin side of Kenrick. And I really liked yes. it. As a Slytherin, I really liked seeing, like, a Slither puff. Like, I was just going to say, he's the embodiment of a Slither puff. He is such a Slither puff. And I loved it. And I wish we had him. Because he really embodies the Slither puff traits. <laughs> and I feel like Orlai is very much... Gryffindor. Ravendor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gryffindor. Ravendor. Yeah. Ravendor, Gryffindor, however you want to freaking put it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, guys, who is about to kick us off again? This is going too long. <laughs> Before we leave, should we talk about Sophie a bit? Because I feel like we haven't really talked about Sophie's character this she book. She was so mature, this book. Thank you. really shown. That's why everyone else was annoying me, because they were like, you're not, especially Stina, and then Fitz in the beginning, when they were like, you're not doing enough, and then after they were done saying she wasn't doing enough, they'd blame her for doing something, and I was like, what do you want from this girl? What do you want? Because everything she does is wrong. No matter what she does is wrong to you people. Like, she's being so mature. Let me tell you, when Fitz said she was going to get someone killed, I wanted to sucker punch him in the face just like Sophie. (laughs) With Sophie's sucker punch thing. That's why I said sucker punch. Mm -hmm. And Dex would be Dex would be all for his gadget being used for that cause. (laughs) Then he'd go and clean Fitz's wound and fall in love. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) My fanfic brain cannot turn off right now. No, neither can mine. He'd be like Good job, Sophie. Now let me take care of you, Fitz. <laughs> oh, it'd be all part of the agenda. Dex is absolutely also like on this. Uh, he's 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 LGBT. I don't even care. He is. I don't. He's one of those. It's like Tyrion and Prentice. I'm like, you can argue with me all you want. Dex's character is so pansexual coded. It's not even uh, funny. I don't oh, yeah. care. Like, don't care. But yeah, Sophie was just, she was so good in this book. Even with the moments where I thought, Sophie, you need to listen to some adults, or Sophie, you're being a little reckless right now. It wasn't as much as other books, because you could tell. She was, she was, she just felt so mature in this book. I was rooting for her so much. The way she was genuinely balancing and contemplating whether or not to go after Keith for his own safety and thinking about it intellectually as well, rather than just rushing into anything, 
was so smart. And yeah, part of it sucked because it meant that the reunion didn't happen till later. But we also, I'm glad that the realization of her feelings happened in a distance makes the heart grow fonder way. Yeah, because she realized it, gave, it. Yeah, it gave us a whole 20 chapters to marinate on it before they got together. Yeah. It was necessary. Yeah. And like I said, by the time we caught up to Keith, it seriously felt like only 400 pages had gone by. I was seriously like, there's no way I'm almost done this book. Oh, yeah. It's well over the 50% mark that we find him. Not just in the way where sometimes you'll read a book and you'll be like, oh, I read this so fast that it feels like it's only halfway done. No, this legitimately felt like the book was only halfway done. It wasn't finished and that there were 500 pages left to it. <laughs> and mostly it just, I think, like, I knew that this was going to be good and it did disappoint me in some ways, but overall I thought it was very solid. But I think if Shannon Messenger is allowed the time that she needs mm -hmm. and the page count that she needs for book 10 to wrap everything up, yeah. I think that book 10 is going to be phenomenal. I hope so. Yeah, I think she could do it. She's obviously knows how to write long books. She's done it. This uh, is the flashback to the legacy for books yeah. 9 and 10. And legacy is so good. Yeah. I'm excited. Now we just have to wait two years, but I'm excited. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you can think of to talk about in the five minutes we have left before Zoom? I don't know. I mean, I could talk about Soki forever. Um, yeah. Just, I was satisfied with it. It wasn't what I expected, but it wasn't... I thought it was kind of beautifully imperfect in how it replicated real life. So yeah. even though it was different and not as, like, book tropey as I was expecting, I was expecting a more typical, sweeping, romantic, you know, kind mm -hmm. of um, perfectly paced out realization of feelings compared to it hitting like it did. Yeah. But I kind of liked that it was a bit more real. So it didn't feel as conventional, and I think that's why it was disappointing to some people. But it really felt true to life. Yeah. And I thought that was a good choice for Shannon to make. I really appreciated how it was done. And I thought the moment was very tender, very sweet. I thought the chapter where Sophie's essentially having an existential crisis slash panic attack um, about yeah. realizing her feelings was hilarious. She says, I'm going to stop thinking about this like five times. I'm oh, like, I know. <laughs> that was amazing. Wasn't that just she amazing? Stop. She couldn't she, stop, legitimately. No. Uh, she has to leave her room and go distract herself to be able to get the thoughts out of her head. Oh, it's amazing. So, um, yeah, I'm I, so looking forward to next book. Um, I hope Lynn is fixed. Better. <laughs> and I hope she apologizes to her freaking twin. I know. It was Ugh. so annoying. And Tam was so trying annoying. to cool it down, too, and it wasn't working. I was just like, Lynn, stop making stupid comments right now. I can't deal with it. 
Everyone leave Sophie alone. I couldn't deal with it. They're all piggybacking on her. Just, I know she's a, a sweet girl and a nice character and she cares about people, but she's the girl that he floods. Just why is she so hung up about murder? I, I just, like, I don't get how someone who was abandoned can be so short-sighted when it comes to, like, Glimmer. I know she's being overprotective of her brother, but, like, it just felt like a total character 180. It just felt like a, she blamed Cam for being out of character, and I was like, oh my god. Lynn, <laughs> uh. Lynn, your character is disheveled right now. Fix it, please. But... Besides that, I don't think, I mean, obviously there's a lot more we could talk about, but Katie needs to go to bed. And we have a part two coming, so I think this is a good time to end it for tonight. Honestly, I'm down to go for another 40 minutes if we have to. I'm so on board. It's ridiculous. And I'm editing this tonight before I go to bed, so. <laughs> You're insane. <sighs> yeah, I am. You're school tomorrow. Not until noon. And... And you're going to edit after this. What are you talking about? You're already not going to get to bed until 3 in the morning. You're insane right now. I know that I don't usually go to bed until 3 in the morning. And that I get up at 9. But, like, I've lived with this. You have not. What are you doing to yourself right now? (laughs) (laughs) The things I do for this podcast. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was hyper the night after I didn't get any sleep reading this book, let me tell you. Well, yeah, I get overtired. Yeah, I got hyper. And I did an escape room that night. It was my new church. <laughs> we had a blast. <laughs> anyways. Oh, yes. Anyways. Um, it was in the dark, too. And I got to do, like, the creepy horror room. And I was really nervous. But it was actually super fun. <laughs> I like how you said anyways. And then kept talking about this escape room. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, anyways, again. Did I emphasize it more? Anyways. Oh, goodness. Um, There's so many components here in terms of the characters, because this was like, arguably the most character-driven book out of them all. This was a, yeah, characters were huge. Or at least the ones we focused on. The other ones were background at best, but the ones we focused on... If it's not the most character-driven, it's the least plot-driven of the books. It's it's weird, because it felt like it should be plot-driven, given the fact that they were literally only really, like, looking for leads and stuff like that. You'd think it would be, but it just, it, it wasn't. Like, the whole book felt like it was just them looking for leads, uh, but you're, it really wasn't plot-driven. <laughs> no. No, it wasn't at all. And I I enjoyed that because I enjoy character work, but I also see why it was disappointing to some people. Because even though all the books are character-driven, all the other books, um, besides Flashback, I would argue, have a really intense plotline to support it in series of yeah. events, like stuff happening. So, like, especially, like, books four, five, six, uh, mm-hmm. eight... Even even book three, like, once it starts expanding and getting bigger in scope, you know? Yeah. So, it really is what we're used to. So, this felt a little right. bit off to the rest of the series. And critically, I, I agree that that's an issue. But I also enjoyed it 
on a personal level, I didn't mind it. So it's not my least favorite. I think I was favorite. in between. Yeah. I think I was in between. Like, I, I was okay with it as it was, but I also was one of those people that was like, this feels almost incomplete. It didn't feel finished. To I me. almost wonder if Shannon tried to keep the plot more simple because she was writing this with a newborn baby. Yeah, and I don't blame her for that. that I wouldn't blame her for that either. <laughs> but I've like, written a book without an unborn baby, and it was hard as hell. So unborn <laughs> without a baby. I should have just said without a baby. Why did I say without an unborn baby? That's an that's a double negative. What? Okay, continue. <laughs> that was just really funny. Sorry. Um, <laughs> as soon as that came out of your mouth, I was like, "What? What? Um, no, I don't know like, what I was saying." It's late for Frankie, and it's even later for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, um, yeah, that's about all I have to say. To be honest, we've been going for an hour twenty. So yeah, I don't know what else. I think this is a good way to wrap up the first part. Um. Silkeep was great. We're glad they're together and we get a whole book to see them as a couple. We can't wait for the Grady talk. Edeline already knows, but and so does Grady, but like We need I don't know but Edeline knows that Sophie was realizing the feelings, whereas Grady I don't think does yet. He doesn't know that Sophie knows. So Yeah. Edeline knows that they're probably together or have talked about it. So mm-hmm. that's where it's different. The funniest thing is the person who knows is Fitz. <laughs> <laughs> that was glorious, but I want to the, punch him in the face with his reaction. The only person who knows besides Flory is Fitz. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. Uh, and like Sophie's worst nightmare come to life, to be honest. Yeah, poor Sophie. <laughs> the poor, the poor girl. Poor Sophie. As a Sophie shit for having her say, like, I'm gonna have to tell him about us. Like, hearing that us was so validating. It felt so uh, good. We've been waiting so long. I can't oh wait my to God, see them so in the long. next book. I cannot wait to see the reactions. I'm gonna reread the Sokeep chapters while I edit. Okay, guys? Like... <laughs> <laughs> you should. That is uh, how I'm going to stay awake. Plus the coffee I just drank while recording this. <laughs> at you're 11 o'clock at night. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> to be clear, it is now um, past midnight. Well past midnight for Katie. Yeah, it's almost 1am. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, <laughs> what do you guys <laughs> like about Starlink? I have to edit still before I sleep. So, but... I'm posting it immediately, so this is all for you guys. If I fall asleep during my class, it's all for you guys. Guys, let us know what your favorite dynamics were. Like, your favorite dynamic, your favorite, like, character in this book, your favorite moment. We want to know. So, DM one of us on Tumblr. Actually, DM Katie on Tumblr. (laughs) Yeah, because you don't share your... Well, some people might have put it together, but... Some people have, I tag you. I don't want to broadcast it on the whole podcast, so... Right. Um, So, yeah. Mine's pretty obvious, but I won't say it either if I haven't already. I can't remember if I have. Um, 
but DM us on Instagram is the big one at KOTLC podcast. Leave us a review. We have like 36 reviews now or something like that. It's so much fun reading them. We're going to do another episode reading reviews soon because we're almost at enough to do a second round. So thank you so yeah. much for all the kind words. We deeply appreciate it. If I can get real here for a minute, guys, it is so much, so fulfilling to get to talk about this incredible series and to, for me, all the hard work I put into it, you know, and I get self-conscious about, like, my voice with my Bell's palsy and everything, and, like, listening back, I'm like, oh gosh, I sound like garbage. <laughs> um, yeah. And sometimes I'm hesitant to post stuff on a little insecure about the episode and the quality of the content. So like to hear that you guys are enjoying it. I mean, I get, and I get so picky about the audio quality now that I don't have my full mic set up. Don't even get yeah. me started on how bad my audio sounds. Cause I overblow the mic when I get excited <laughs> and it's just all fuzzy cause it's too loud. Um, you know, it really, all those little things that bring me down, it, totally goes away and it's so made up for when I see how much you guys are enjoying this content and appreciate Frankie and I's dynamic like talk about character dynamics you know <laughs> our our best friend dynamic although we joked that some of you guys totally think we're dating which we're not but um yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure some of them think we're secretly girlfriends but whatever we don't care we're totally for it like we yeah, don't care it's fine um we can assure you we're not. It's not we that see fan art on Tumblr one day, and it's of our header. <laughs> Sorry, that made me laugh. Just the thought of, like, scrolling through Tumblr, and I see, like, the characters from our header just, like, holding hands or something. I would be like, oh my god. Someone please do that just for fun. Oh my god. I would love but, to yeah. see it. I don't, I don't give a crap if you ship us. Like, I really oh. don't. Honestly, <laughs> um, it makes sense, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It's comments like that that make it happen. Okay, moving on. Oh, Katie's dying over here. I am dying. No. <laughs> But yeah, I'm, we're I'm really appreciative. It's like a low chuckle, so I don't know if the mic is picking it up, but I'm crying laughing <laughs> but yeah we the main point here is that we really appreciate you guys we really love seeing your thoughts on the podcast seeing your comments and we just really appreciate that this really small book series in the long term in the span of things that we didn't think would like end up having even a slight following has at least like 50-ish people that really care about it so that means a lot to us guys yeah, and I also, um, if you know my main Tumblr, feel free to send me an ask about your thoughts on the podcast. Like, I love getting that, and I'll inter I interact with those all the time. I've gotten a few. So, like, if you already know what my main Tumblr is, don't be afraid to reach out there as well, as well as on the Instagram, and be like, hi, I love the podcast, or give us some feedback. We love feedback. Um. If you want to yeah. be like, guys, I love the content, but the audio quality sucks or something like that, like, let us know. We'll do our best to fix it. Cause Frankie's laugh annoys me. 
Katie's voice annoys me. <laughs> um, okay. That, I, we can go on forever like this, though. So I think that is all for today. Thank you so yep. much for listening. And without further ado, this is the first time you can say this with it being canon. Oh! Happy so keep shipping! So keep shipping! Woo! Woo! Bye, guys. Bye! <laughs>